Welcome to Connex, a global leadership platform for construction executives. Today I have Mara. I got that right, Mara, right? Close, close, Mara. <laughs> okay, okay. Johnston. Um, and uh, I'll, rather than me going through and, 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 and telling your story, you know your story better than anybody. T tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, kind of how did you end up where you're at now? Sure. Um, so I grew up um, in Long Island, New York, and I sort of grew into construction from uh, from a baby. My um, my parents um, were also in the construction industry, not builders, but always um, focused and related to the construction services industry. So my father actually uh, started an insurance brokerage in 1970, um, grew to be the largest private insurance brokerage um, in the country, focused in construction. And so basically growing up, he would take me on different construction sites, introduce me to contractors. Uh, so it was a really good way to sort of grow up being interested from a very early age um, in construction, but did not follow in his uh, footsteps per se. I had a little stint in the insurance industry um, but have focused more on the engineering and um, city planning side of things. And then uh, I'm sure we'll get a little bit more into where I sort of uh, wound up today and, and uh, through my companies, my two companies, Keystone and uh, Americon. Well, um, you know, we came across you because uh, we noticed that you were in the ENR's uh, uh, 20 under 40 list, you know, and I can't believe they are asking actually asking people their 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 age and i'm not going to ask you your age but apparently you're under 40 if you're on that list not, so not any not anymore actually i uh so <laughs> i think like many others uh when we saw the deadline and saw that we were becoming no longer becoming quote unquote young um i did uh you know it was um sort of some folks had uh, wanted to sponsor me into the ENR, which is a, initially a regional competition. So first you submit yourself or have someone submit you to the regional um, sort of contest, which was in New York, New Jersey. Um, and then if you're sort of uh, chosen to be one of the top 20 in that region, then they submit you nationally. And I think we had about over 400 or just around the 400 mark um, in wow. terms of submission. So I was, I have to say when I found out that I was one of the 20 in the country, I was extremely excited um but yes in full disclosure um since then having turned 40 along with some of my other um so now i'm i'm uh, admitting my age to this podcast well just for the say? record i didn't ask your age okay for the record but uh yeah but so so you did not. we saw that and i honestly i was uh i was impressed and i wanted to talk with you and that's why i invited you on the podcast so tell us a little bit about uh keystone global yes yes so um, so I have partnered with um, a gentleman by, by the name of Mint Ja, and Mint will be excited to hear his name uh, one, after this is recorded and, uh, and released. But um, Mint also has um, a similar background to myself in the fact that um, he's got some boots on the ground experience, very close with a lot of contractors um, and engineers, and himself has worked for them um, as well as I have in my past. And so... Um, we sort of we sort of felt that we had a good match, uh, the two of us, to come together and provide uh, advisory services for the construction community. And um, so we essentially uh, purchased the firm in, in uh, 2021, um, so not that long ago, but the company has been in existence since 2010. Um, and we're sort of recreating, uh, rebranding, and, and growing the company. We've uh, tripled in size. 
since taking over the company. Um, not we're not a large, we are a boutique uh, investment bank, but I'm really excited about the growth of the company and sort of where we see things going in the future. So, um, can you kind of explain a little bit more about what what your company does exactly? Because um, I, I read up on you, and uh, I think I understand it, but and you you've said a little bit about it. But can you kind of give it to uh, layman's terms for someone like myself? Yeah, absolutely. So, we are um, we are sort of incorporated under two subsidiaries under the holding company, and and potentially more to come. Um, depending on where sort of the future takes us. But one side of the business is pure consultancy, and the other is um, a registered broker-dealer with FINRA. So what we do is um, we help companies raise capital, and uh, we help with mergers and acquisitions. Uh, we do things like uh, come up with innovative financing solutions for projects, both large and small. So typically there's a, a debt or equity raise component to a project. So we'll partner with like traditional larger contractors that um, need, need the raising of debt and equity for the project and incorporated within um, to then sort of either, depending on the type of project and sort of the goals, um, either have a, you know, have, have less basically of a burden to the public um, sort of partner involved, whether it's an airport or a school um, or a, you know, it could be a toll road or, um, you know, any, basically any sort of infrastructure need, um, we help basically have the project delivered um, in a more favorable manner because, you know, less public funds are needed oftentimes. Well, that's interesting. I, I, I hadn't, uh, we haven't had anybody in my, uh, on our podcast uh, in, in this arena. So that's really, really interesting. So if you would say your core focus, you talk about like a lot of different, you know, a lot of different things that you do, but your core focus, if you had to say industry-wise, do you have a, a sector of construction you mostly deal with or or how, how does that work? Um, so I would say on the, so depending on the type of deal that we're doing, if it's an M&A transaction, historically at least they've been larger contractors. For us personally, it's not because necessarily what we a mandate that we have, but historically we have worked with larger civil contractors on the M&A side. But that's not to say we definitely have a lot of companies right now that, that are either MEP um, or sort of subcontractor level type um, people looking to sell. Um, so that would be on the M&A side. On the project finance side, I mean, typically those projects are whether they're a road or a school, um, typically they're a little bit larger in size. I would say, you know, no smaller than like 20 or $30 million in revenue, but it can go all the way up to multiple billion dollars if it's a big, say it's a big road project, right? Um, mm-hmm. They need the, the debt and equity raise involved um, and they'll get the, they'll get a bank and a financial advisor such as ourselves involved in that project. So um, those are typically quite large, but can be any, sort of any type of project. And then on the capital raise side, um, we are, I'd say, construction sort of agnostic in terms of type. Um, it just, depending on, can be more of a size constraint depending on the type of project or type of assignment that we're on. So tell us about, you, you, you kind of laid out the his, kind of the history of, of, you know, where you guys were and where you guys are now. Talk a little bit about what the future looks like for you guys. Sure. So I see one of our, the the area that I didn't even really touch on just yet, but I I really see one of the areas that 
we see ourselves growing um, in, I mean, we see ourselves growing in all of the areas, but uh, technology is sort of a, a newer area that we're entering into. Um, we're calling it Keystone Digital. So, you know, we see really the need, construction historically, and especially in the Northeast where we're predominantly located, um, construction can be a little bit sort of last to adopt some some of the newer technologies, um, depending on the company, obviously. Some are definitely more sophisticated than others, but we definitely see a need for the adoption of innovative technologies. Um, and with that, though, there are so many new startups and other very successful technology companies, but sort of how do you parse through all of these companies that are in existence, right? So you need someone to sort of help you, whether it's internal or you can go, you know, hire um, an advisor such as ourselves to help sort of determine where is that gap that I have and, and which technology is sort of the best to fill that gap. So I do see sort of technology advisory being one of the, the larger areas of growth for us as well as us partnering with the tech firms themselves to help them sort of, you know, pave their way into the market, maybe not knowing the contractors directly, where we can sort of be that, um, you know, facilitator of having the tech company meet the contractor or vice versa. Well, you know, and and that's a that's a really becoming a much more important thing. I mean, I was just having a discussion over uh, the new government standards related to uh, they call CMMC. I don't know if you've heard that term before, but uh, um, the cybersecurity side of uh, of the construction business is about ready to be turned on its head a little bit mm -hmm. because one of the largest buyers in the world is now going to mandate, you know. Uh, certain requirements, you know, so um, right. And, and I laugh because we're so slow in construction <laughs> to make a move sometimes, you know, so we are. Yeah, no, I but I am seeing and I'm sure you're seeing the same thing. A lot of the companies out there, they are they're slow to adopt, but they are adopting. And then mm -hmm. other folks are sort of saying, OK, well, BIM was number one. Um, now you see so many people, um, you know, adopting Procore or some of the other sort of larger names, you know, some of the Autodesk, Autodesk products, that sort of thing. And so one person sees the other person do it and sees the advantages, right? And then they say, okay, well, I'm missing out on, you know, saving my, saving efficiencies, which equals dollars, right? So it's just well, getting I, them on some of the smaller named tech, you know, applications that well, they can I, probably. I, I don't know from. what your perspective on the whole, um, you know, I think, one of the one of the few good things that came out of COVID <laughs> is no, absolutely. This, <laughs> this push to technology more, you know, to use. I mean, simple things like Zoom and mm -hmm. Go to Meeting and and those type of things. I mean, that was I hate to say that was unheard of, but it wasn't it it, it wasn't as used as predominantly as it as it's starting to be used. And it seems like uh, even people working in the office, you know, or not working in the office that has construction traditionally has always been, Hey, go to the office. And it seems like a lot of companies are starting to adopt that. Uh, do you have an opinion on that or? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I am a, I'm definitely a glass half full person. So I try to, with every sort of challenge, right. I try to see the, the benefit. And so obviously mm -hmm. uh, coronavirus is a extremely terrible thing that happened. And, there were a lot of you know, tragic situations coming out of it, but um, I try to think of now the the positive spin on it. Like you said, you know, people really adapting to um, either hybrid, um, you know, work work as long as people are really 
and everybody has a, a different opinion. So some people might not like not might not like what I'm saying here, but I'm under the opinion. You no, know, culture and camaraderie is very important. So I do think some um, going on just going out and telling you my thoughts here, but um, I think it is important for culture to have some at least some in person element. But I do think people get a little bit crazy with the nine to five you know, five day a week sort of thing. So I think just having the technology to be able to work around that and have the uh, the Zoom or the Teams meetings and making sure that, you know, people can talk to each other in a digital fashion as well as being in person. I mean, why not have that tool? So I think that's sort of a positive that came out of it, um, as well as just some of the sort of the shift to being a little bit more flexible. I think being flexible is really important in our business. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the workforce, is, is, what's interesting is that, and and uh, I don't consider you a millennial, but by age, per se. I know. <laughs> Technically, I fall the in there. <laughs> yeah. You know, but the, the truth is, is that a lot of the younger people uh, in construction, that's a, that's a very important factor is, you know, is what is my quality of life? And, you know, I laugh because in my you know, I'm not that old. I'm I'm 47, but in my when I first went on a construction job, it was I would have got laughed off the job if I talked about a work-life balance. You know, you know. So, uh, but that's an important thing to people. I, they're much. I always say the young people in construction are much smarter than I was at their age. You know, and they have certain requirements, and it's not just about the paycheck anymore. It's about a, a lot more than just that. So. Are you guys doing something within your organization relative to that or or recognize that need? The need, just if you don't mind, repeat uh, repeat one more time. The need just for... the need to, to, to do something more non-traditional than, hmm. you know, because since you grew up in construction, you kind of you kind of saw the traditional way we did things. It was the nine to five type of thing. And right. and. And, you know, and I'll give you a great example. We do work from home Fridays now, you mm -hmm. know, and um, and we actually find it as being a huge benefit to our staff. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, uh, quality of life, right? People are happy. They're genuinely going to want to do a better job, I think. Um, they're going to also just having, you know, sufficient sort of mental breaks from things um, at times. I think people do work. Uh, smarter and and harder and more efficiently if they they're not sort of like driven uh, you know drill down too much and sort of uh, have low energy because they don't have enough time to really you know take a breath take a breath um, so we do for now we're doing you know we're doing summer Fridays um, we try to be a little bit flexible on sort of dress code type stuff we try to you know we we're doing a team outing uh, where I have to give my plug for the New York Yankees having a great season. Um, we're, uh, we're taking the, we're taking the team out um, in a couple of weeks to a Yankee game. Um, we try to do, you know, intern programs where uh, this year we have an intern who has joined us from Notre Dame um, and try to just, you know, develop the younger generation and uh, enroll them in courses, you know, modeling courses. We do financial modeling, um, have them come to as many client meetings and get on as many calls as we can sort of help them learn um, we're always here, door door open policy, um, you know, pretty approachable, I like to think. So try to create really create that company culture so that people enjoy what they're doing. And, and I think you get a, a better work product out of uh, when people are happy. 
So since we're kind of on this topic, let's talk about um, what kind of significant events have you had in the past that has kind of shaped the model you have today for business? What events, meaning for clients? Yeah, no, you know, have you had any events like, you know, some people said, like, I started my company up in 2008 during, you know, the Great Recession, and that really shaped the way I do business today in the sector I'm in. So what mm-hmm. kind of, have you had any uh, significant events that kind of have shaped kind of where you're at today? Mm. So the, the company was formed in, in 2010. I was not, I, you know, I joined uh, the company in 2016. Um, so I have seen it go through the COVID. I actually had a, a baby at the time as well. So, um, you know, being a boutique firm, I think um, being able to sort of work with the group uh, in a flexible manner, I was not the one sort of making those decisions from a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it really helped, you know, having, it was a really nice time to bond with new family, um, even though things were sort of crazy in the world. Um, so we have been, you know, I have been through that while at the company, but now having taken over and growing pretty quickly, I just think, um, having, you know, lots of, as many, you know, where it makes sense, having some outings with the team, uh, making sure we have our sort of weekly, uh, we have a weekly call where we just do like a pretty streamlined, we try to keep it, you know, very, very quick when it can be, you know, 25 minutes or less is really what I find is a time where people can really pay attention. Just quick updates for, because we do have those different divisions between product finance and tech and M&A. So all sort of the, the heads of each group um, that are sort of running in their silos, right? We get everybody together once a week and we um, we have that call so people can really communicate um, and just sort of hear what everybody else is doing. So I know that didn't directly answer your question about sort of like either recession or COVID or things like that. But I mean, we just, we try to, we pride ourselves on being flexible and, and understanding and you know, when people have a life event or something that comes up, you know, working with them, I think they appreciate that. And then they'll only want to come back and, and sort of work harder when uh, when they come back after something like that. So, you know, obviously um, you have been successful in your career. ENR wouldn't have recognized you um, if, if you weren't. And uh, uh, so try not to be humble here when I say this, but what, what skills and abilities do you, do you feel that have helped you in the, in business or in, in, in construction? Okay, so I would say there's a there's a couple of things here. I don't know if I'm being humble, but um, I my number one I don't know if which I'd say one is one and which I would say is two. But for me is I almost want to say number one is my passion. So I'm extremely passionate about this industry. I just love seeing a new building go up or a bridge being completed or going on a site myself. I think it's really important to go on project sites. Even if I'm, you know, I'm not building the building myself per se, I am, I do have a very important piece of making sure something gets built. And so I think it's important, really important to see something firsthand. I just love, through my past career, I've, I've worked for some large insurance companies um, and one of them insure the World Trade Center site or one of the largest buildings on 57th Street. So I was always making sure that I was, you know, walking the sites and I've seen a lot of really cool things in my, um, in my career. And so I just having that passion for this industry is either number one or number two. And I think the, depending on which way you look at it, my other thing I would say is people. Um, I just genuinely enjoy being around people and do think that uh, people find me to be somewhat likable. Um, I think because I just, I try to give some of the things we've talked about, trying to be under an understanding um, owner, manager, leader, 
um, trying to work with my people, you know, not be one of those sort of those folks that say, you must do this and this is the way it is, being sort of open-minded to, to work with my team. So I think passion and people are sort of like the, the one and two. Um, and I do work my, my butt off. I, uh, I work very, very hard. So I know work-life balance is important, but um, because of my passion and my love for people, I just, I really want to see this company succeed. And so I will do anything for my clients, um, especially my good clients. And I will make sure if they're successful, and then I feel like I'm successful. So I'd say those are sort of like the things that are driving the success. Well, that's a, th those are three, boy, if you could take those, that's a, that's a formula for success right there. You know, people, you know, passion, you know, and hard work. I mean, what else could you ask for there? You know, that, that, that's, uh, that, that's great. Um, what would you say probably are the, are the strengths of the of your business that you have today? Strengths of my business, let's see. Um, I would say for my firm, so myself and my partner, Mitt, as well as some of, of our advisors, um, and even some of the recent hires that we've had, uh, I think what makes Keystone very unique is our connectivity and our relationships. So Keystone Global and its uh, its leadership has, I would say, relationships of the top, say, 20 ENR with the owners um, or operators of the top 12 to 14 of the 20. Like, we're very close with a lot of the very large contractors and, and midsize and subcontractors as well. We just have a lot of very close relationships with high-level decision makers, and I think that really helps set us apart because, say, we have an M&A deal, right? And somebody's looking to sell, they'll come to us because we'll be able to match them and sort of have the, um, be able to have that conversation or get our foot in the door with, you know, the person that might be that buyer, right? Or on the project finance side of things, we have very close relationships with banks. So if we're looking for some positive terms on a, a debt raise or equity, we'll be able to really put the right team together to help raise the, the funds that are needed for that project. So I think that's sort of the Sort of the thing that sets our company apart is, you know, number one, uh, I mean, people do work hard as well, but I think just having those relationships and being experienced in this field, having the boots on the ground experience sort of sets us apart from the other folks that are maybe an investment bank, but more generalists and don't really have that focus that we have. So now to my favorite question before we go to the speed round, I and I love this question because it, it gets you a chance to kind of look back um, if you were to go back to 18 year old, your 18 year old self and give mm -hmm. yourself advice, both personally and professionally, what would that mm. advice be? This is a hard question, uh, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> do people say that or do they jump right yes. into the answer? Yes, everybody says, uh, some people say I have plenty of things to say and some people said I really don't have much to say. Mm. I mean, I still am giving my trying to give myself advice uh, to my 18. I would say, and and I, I think it still applies. Like, don't don't sweat the small stuff stuff so much. I mean, I do take things so I am so passionate and I care so deeply about my clients in this industry. So that say I don't get chosen for a project or something happens, you know, it's I try. I would say don't take things so personally would be sort of one of the pieces of advice I give to myself. I'm still trying to give myself the advice that sometimes I just have to say no a little bit more. I try to take on a little too much sometimes 
is part of, and I've always sort of been that way. Um, but maybe, you know, you can't sort of please everybody sort of thing. So I would say that's sort of like the one piece of advice of uh, how to maybe improve or some things I might do differently. And, and did the question include the other side of things or was it more? Yeah, what? the personal side too. Um, I think those would be, that would really be the, those would be sort of the main things. Like, you know, don't take things too seriously and, and don't take, um, don't take on too much. <laughs> Well, hey, great, some great advice there, and that's a that's a, it's funny because when you when you hear yourself talk about those things, you realize that some of those things are the reason you're so successful, but it's also your greatest strength, your greatest weakness. So yeah, so um, I'll give you so one thing I didn't even get into on this podcast, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention it. Just as I'm looking back, I think, and my I do own a second business, which is comes back to my uh, working very hard, but um it's a testing and inspections business. And I think it was mentioned in ENR. There's actually, I think a picture of me crushing concrete. Um, but uh, American testing and inspections is the name of that company. And so I, I was able to sort of work out um, with my partner, Connie, uh, you know, so that she's the one with a professional engineering license. And so we're able to sort of run things very efficiently and I'm able to sort of really focus on Keystone at the moment, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh you know, American and uh, the fact that it's a W um, WBE, you know, women-owned business, and then and then right now Keystone is, um, you know, it's it's in the state queue. We'll put it that way, but hopefully uh, Keystone will have our WBE soon as well. Well, some some great input there. So let's go on to the speed round. I have eight categories. I need you to rate each of these categories on a one to ten rating. One being the least important, ten being the most important. And you know what? I, you, they could all be tens, you know, okay. which is fine by me. So, and if you, want to explain, <laughs> if you want to explain why it's a 10 or why it's a five or whatever, feel free. So okay. with that said, scheduling. Mm. I'm supposed to be speedy, right? <laughs> <laughs> um Scheduling is a 10. I mean, if you don't schedule things properly, it could it could screw up the entire project or, you know, the entire mandate. You know, if the timing time for me, t scheduling goes into timing, right? And timing is everything, as I say. Estimating. Uh, I'm also going to say, like, how about 9.5? It's just extremely important as well, right? If your numbers are off. If you believe too much on the table, or you're too way too low, and you know you're you you do a project at a um you know at a loss, that's gonna ultimately put you out of business. So it's extremely important. Now the next two categories, one is contract administration, or one is contract. So contracts, the actual paper contract, and contract administration. I'm talking more about the execution of that paper contract execution of the paper contract, meaning that not the terms within, but just the making sure that you have something executed? I'm making sure you administer the contract as per what is written, you know? So gotcha. I'm trying to differentiate Going between the paper and actually doing it. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I think most of these things, if I had to rank things in order, then, you know, I can't make everything a 10, but I, it's hard for me to say things are less than a 10 because that's also extremely key to the project. So I'm putting it up ten there as a 10 as well. Yep. <laughs> I what mean, about design? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, no, no. You were saying design? Uh, design. 
I'm again. I'm gonna go very extremely important. I'm I'm, I'm gonna say ten because the design's got to be right, right? Absolutely. Accounting. Accounting. My accountant friends are gonna be mad when they hear this, but maybe <laughs> maybe it can be a little less than like an estimate. Uh, you know, estimation for a project. Uh, maybe at an eight. I mean, having a really good accountant is extremely important. Um, there's a lot of tax credits, uh, making sure you're staying on top of, you know, doing your projections properly. So accounting is very important, but when I think of something that maybe can, you know, isn't as vital to estimating or making sure the contract is, you know, goes to plan or design, um, I guess it depends who you ask, but we'll say eight or nine for accounting. Business development or selling, however you want to term mm. it. 10. <laughs> you know, you need business to survive, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And last but not least, leadership. Oh, 25. <laughs> <laughs> leadership is, uh, you know, without without business and, and strong leaders, you're not going to be able to do your estimating. So if, if that, like I, like I said earlier, if I were to actually rank them, and I could even drop the other ones lower because leadership and people and um, having the business to, you know, make a business um, be successful. Those are, you know, most important. And then the other things will follow. Well, uh, I want to I, like I do with all my guests, I'm going to give you the last word here. But before I do, I just want to I want to thank you for two things. I want to thank you. Number one, I want to thank you for the job you do in construction because um, it's good to have people like you out there with the passion and the desire to make what we do better and make it more innovative and push us forward. That's one piece of it. And the second piece is uh, I have two daughters and um, I when I taught at a university, I had several women come through the program um, there, the construction management program. and. They're so under, women are so underrepresented in construction, but they bring so much value. Um, and I hate to, you know, I'm not trying to stereotype or anything, but there is differences between men and women. One is, is that uh, women just have a better way of talking to people, you know? They have an emotional intelligence, you know? They're very, I always tell everyone, the best project manager I had, I've ever had was a woman, because she, she was emotional intelligent enough to figure out how to get things done and way to talk to people. So I want to I want to thank you for being a leader out there for women, um, for people like my daughters who work in my company and uh, and the students that I had because I think it's important for them to have role models uh, like that. So I, I do want to thank you and I want to say congratulations on you earning that award in ENR. That's a significant accomplishment um, for those out there who don't know what ENR is. Where you been? <laughs> you know, <laughs> ENR is only the most important magazine in the world. What, what hole have you been hiding in, right? No. Uh, yeah, so, so it is. That's a significant accomplishment, Thank and you, I, I just want to congratulate you on that because that is that is an incredible accomplishment. And as I like I to really say, uh, you get the last word. Oh, thank you so much, Scott. I really appreciate. It. I think sort of the things that you were just saying are really, you know, relevant to what I would. I would want to end a note on here is that, um, you know, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. First of all, um, I really look forward to sort of hearing or maybe cringing at some of the things that I've said, but really do appreciate that. Um, and then you did, you know, you did mention something that I did not bring up. So I do think, you know, having um, women in, in sort of a 
um, a business that is still dominated. I'll, there's definitely been amazing strides that have happened, you know, over the past, you know, couple of decades. But just, you know, owning um, and leading a company in this space has been, for me, it's very exciting. I know there are some challenges. But for me, I do see it as an opportunity to be a leader for other women in the space, uh, be a mentor to them, um, you know, help bring up the next generation looking to actively hire, you know, females for my companies and, um, you know, sort of help the other females that I'm that are out there in the industry. So I think, like you said, having that diverse workforce uh, brings different elements, positive elements to any company and um, especially in the leadership roles as well. So just promoting, you know, uh, female um, leadership and, and the continued growth in this industry, I think will be a really good thing for construction. So I'm excited to see that in the future. Um, and then, you know, excited to continue the relationship with you, Scott. Um, I'm, I'm very excited to hear sort of where you're going to be going and, and the other podcast folks that are going to be going forward. I think this is an excellent um, platform that you've, that you've created. And um, so thank you so much for that. And uh, I guess my final word is just excited for the future um and and our industry as well and seeing as a country as we uh adopt technology and um you know look at innovative financing opportunities for projects just really excited to see sort of where things go into the future so thank you so much again great words great podcast join us next week for another session of connex mm-hmm.